Hi, my name is Anna Marcoline. I'm a psychotherapist and life coach who's been practicing for 25 years. This podcast is my way of continuing to pay it forward. I am here with you as a therapist and life coach, but I'm also coming to you as a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and a friend. I'm here with you and I want you to know that you're not alone. Welcome. Hey everyone, welcome back to episode number 61. Today we are talking about all things friendship. Well, actually, we're not talking about all things friendship because I realized in doing my homework and in talking with my adult daughters and in with Tim here that we could talk for hours about friendships, right? A long time, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so many different... It's so layered and, and there's so many different you know ways to talk about friendships. So we're going to talk about it today. And it, this conversation came out of, so this weekend, our two oldest were home, our girls, and they are 27 and 25, or almost 27, almost 25. And one moved back to the mainland. She was um, on one of the Hawaiian islands for a few years living, and now she's back. And so, you know, we haven't seen, gosh, we haven't seen them together in, in almost a year or so. You know, when the kids come back in town, we usually catch up with them, of course, about how they're doing. But then we always, you know, I, you and I are always asking about all of their friends from high school and college that we got to know pretty well, you know, even sometimes grade school. So we'll say, oh, how is so-and-so? Have you talked to so-and-so? Or what are they up to? And that was the conversation we were having in the kitchen yesterday. And it got you and I thinking about, and you said, oh, this should be a podcast episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think with five kids, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of friends to be talked about, right? So that, that conversation can go on for quite a while. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we do, we always ask them about, you yeah. know, you know, the friends that we knew, where are they today? We're curious. We want to know, you know? And, yeah. and so with the girls, we were talking about, they were mentioning friends that they, new friends, old friends, people that they are still friends with. Uh, people that they haven't talked to in, you know, since college. And, and so most of them today know how each other or what each other is up to. I should clarify. They know what everybody's up to because of social media. They see them on really, I think, Instagram. I think they're on that more than Facebook, the younger generations. Yeah. Yeah. So they know. And and so when I was asking Marissa about certain people, she had to go to Instagram to, to see where they were. <laughs> you know, she's like, I don't know. I haven't talked to her. And, and. So it was, you know, what is, what is friendship about and why are there certain people that come into our life? You know, and we're, we always say, and many of you have heard this before, we have friends for a reason, friends for a season, some are for a lifetime and, and some are for just a short time as Tim is laughing at me. Nice. Write that down. Put that it's on a true, t-shirt. Though. Yeah, it's good. I mean, there are some friends that, you know, some of you have had since you were maybe in grade school or junior high you're still friends with today and there are some of you who don't have friends like that still that you're close to other yeah. than other than facebook friends you know they're not people that you're still are friends with today maybe you live in another town maybe you live in another part of the country uh maybe you still live in the same town but you're just not friends with those people anymore so yeah i mean think about all those conversations we had with the kids and if any of them are listening they're going to be like oh i know exactly what he's going to say so we would say back in high school like these friends of yours right now, they're not going to be your friends for life. These are not your life friends, 
right? You might keep in contact with one or two, but your life friends probably you've not met yet, right? They're going to be your college friends or, you know, somebody that you're going to meet a little bit later in life. How true is that? Yeah, we we have said that, although I don't think that that's completely true because, you know, I know people who are friends with people that they were friends with from grade school or junior high or high school. Many of those people do still live in the same town. They they live where they were born and raised. Yeah. And, you know, they and, you know, we go to weddings where people have their childhood friends there. And I always thought that was so great because I don't have my child. I'm not friends other than online with my childhood friends because I left the area. Right. I left after high school and I never went back. So. Right. I had to make new friends in college and then I had to make new friends when I moved here to, you know, to Chicago. So I, I'm one of those people who doesn't have the friends from grade school. Yeah. Same. I mean, I don't really, I mean, I have to really think about this. I mean, no, I don't really, I mean, I, I, you know, social media friends, it doesn't really count. No, not really. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. I mean, there's a connectedness because you can DM each other. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's a connectedness in some way, which is important. It's better than really nothing. Right. Yeah. But it's not like getting together, you know, every few months, you know, going to dinner or going to a game or, you know, playing basketball for you guys. Yeah. 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 And having said that, so yesterday as my team is getting their getting themselves thumped, right? My football team. Who am I texting back and forth? One of the people was a high school friend. Oh really? Now okay. that I'm th- now yeah. that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> and yeah. I haven't seen him. I haven't laid eyes on him and besides besides social media. I mean thirty it's, years. Oh gosh, yeah. So yeah. you not laid eyes on him in thirty years. No. No. But you connect via social media yeah. because of your talk to him on the phone. Wow. Texting. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So I th- yeah, so I think that you know this is an important topic, and like I said, it's one that we will discuss. But I think that we could probably do like a part two of this because, first of all, female and male friendships are very different. You know, I mean, so a lot of what I'm talking about, a lot of the work that I've done in getting ready for this episode is about female friendships. So I'd be curious to to hear your input. Uh, male friendships. I think men, especially with COVID, especially with COVID, because this was going on before COVID, I think men suffer in silence. I think men do not have friendships the way women do. You know, we are all social creatures. Women, really, we need our girlfriends. I think, I don't know if it's more than men. I just notice that men don't have a whole lot of male friendships outside of their girlfriends and or wives or life partners. Yeah. And seeing other men socially. That's true. Would you agree with that? I, I think it's true. I mean, I think that certainly, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I, I enjoy getting together with guys. You know, it's fun. It's always, there's always something that revolves around an event or, you know, an organized party or something like that. Super fun. Always is. Right. But I don't go out of my way to schedule the next one. as you do you know girls night out girls you know book 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 slash wine club you know i mean we don't guys just don't do that so you know we like it but you know we're we're good that we just wait till the next one comes around but no one's initiating nobody's initiating initiating it you're not seeing anybody yeah and i and that's not good it's not a good thing but that's how that's fact 
And the people, the guys, or the one guy you're close to, Joe, is because, and Joe is good. Joe started really making an effort and texting both of us. But we are friends with Joe and Lisa. They're a couple friend of ours. And he has started making an effort with you and with the two of us, which is in the past. Really, I think it's been since COVID, which is really great that he does that because uh, most guys are, most husbands and guys are not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's easier... Well, especially with him because, you know, we have a common interest and we both like to watch football or whatever. We'll watch any type of sporting thing. But I think that makes it easier to to just, like, get together, plus the logistics. I mean, what are we, three miles from their house? So it's not that far. So it's, like, not really that big of a thing to schedule it. Even last minute, you can actually make it happen. Well, okay, so that was a point, but it's further down on my list, but we can talk about it now. Yeah. Uh, they talked about, you know, what I was uh, reading talked about the importance of proximity that the people that we tend to be closest to are the people that we live closest to so proximity is important and that's a a great point because they live just down the road a couple of miles and they are so casual and laid back and we don't have to get dressed up to go there you don't have to have makeup on we can go in sweats because they're so casual and it does bode well for a strong friendship because they will say come over and we know that they really are in, in like wearing sweatshirts and jeans and, and, and barefoot right. and they really do like, you know, Lisa really will have her hair up at a ponytail, no makeup on. And what that does is I'm like, Oh, okay. I don't have to make any effort. I can go over there and it's, t- and I can wear sweats and even wear pajama bottoms and it's all good. Anything goes. It and so goes. what happens is we see them a lot. Yep. Because it's easy if you have to think about it, you know, it's like, you know, we're just going to order pizza or I've got this going. Oh, what can I bring? Just bring an appetizer. Okay. And it's easy peasy. And that is why really, especially during COVID, yeah, they were the one people that we did see all during COVID. So we had kind of like our pods and they were part of it and it was easy just to be with them. Right. Right. No one's doing nothing. Yeah. Going anywhere. No, it makes it so easy. It yeah. makes it so easy. So proximity was very important uh, part of having friendships that you can uh, that uh, you can maintain. Um, if somebody lives forty five minutes away, an hour away, you're probably not going to see them very much. You know, you're just not going to do it. And and I admit, like when I have friends, or you and I have friends who live further away. That is like planning that two months out. Okay, so what's your schedule look like in now it's October? So what's your schedule looking like in December? Or okay, let's say after the holidays. So January. What, get yeah. out your January calendar. When they live that far away, it they really are people you see once, twice, maybe three times a year versus if they live in the same town. Right. Yeah. Right. I'll be curious to hear where your list goes because, you know, I'm thinking like on the flip side of it too, like we have friends that live as close as the friends we're describing, but we don't see them very much. So it's like there's it's it's proximity. Yes, that's a that's a factor. But there's got to be other things that factor into this, too. Right. There has to be on your list. I'm sure of it. OK, so I'm going to go into a little bit. And and this is you all can look this up online, too. I mean, I just looked online and did a search on this. Yeah. Uh, the traits. And there's lots of different lists of the traits of what makes a good friend. And there are lots of lists online. So. I'll go over the list or some of the lists that I took notes from. Um, and I'll, I'll talk about a couple that uh, stand out uh, that seem to stand out in, in all the lists. So the traits of a good friend, a friend is someone who is positive, 
someone who is forgiving, someone who is generous, reliable. Reliability is a big one. I know for me it is. Someone who's trustworthy, caring, someone who's dependable, someone who's a good listener and loyal, someone who's accepting. The ones that stand out and the ones that in the, and I was listening to a podcast episode about friendship in, uh, uh, months ago and I went back to it and took notes because that person did such a great job, the interviewee talking about friendship and the three traits that stood out in that person's research was self-confidence, the who the person who makes a good friend is the person who is confident, who exudes self-confidence in a, and this is with women. And this is probably because the person who is self-confident, first of all, you are attractive to the people around you and you're not somebody who tends to maybe get caught up in like drama or gossip or the trivialities of friendships that you're somebody who comes in and you're, you're good with yourself and people pick up on that energy and that vibration, and we tend to want to be around that. So self-confidence is something that is a trait that, you know, we, we tend to like with re, in, in research in a, in a good friend. Hmm. Humor is number two. Humor is big. So having a sense of humor. I mean, nobody really wants to be around the, you know, the Debbie Downer who doesn't find humor in much. The serious person who doesn't laugh, doesn't laugh or doesn't find humor. That's somebody that I think most of us people tend to, it detracts from them. We, we, we tend to not gravitate towards them. That's not an energy that's magnetizing for us humans. And then the third one, which is the most interesting, was the willing, having a willingness to trust. So having a good friend is having a friend who has a willingness to trust you and trust others. And that goes to somebody who maybe has some earlier issues or trauma uh, lack of trust, mistrust in the adults because of something that happened when they were younger. And what will happen is, so the person says, okay, I'll call you Thursday to make plans. And they don't call you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's say I'm the person who's, who's struggling with trusting. And the, my friend says, I'll call you on Thursday to make plans for this weekend. And she doesn't call me. And I say, see, you know, I can't trust anybody. She said she was going to call me. She didn't call me. And the challenge here is to be willing to trust, be willing to give that person a second chance. Or maybe you call them and say, hey, what happened? You didn't call me. Oh, I totally forgot. Being willing to trust that she will not do that again and that she will call you the next time she says she she will. So that's important. That stood out for me, you know, just having a willingness really to kind of give people the, the benefit of the doubt. Interesting. Yeah. How does this list line up with your list? Have you thought that through? No, I haven't really. I mean, a lot of what was said in this list, I think for me, it's interesting. For me, a big one is loyalty, and that's in this list. Yeah. You know, without even looking at this, I could say as well a sense of humor, loyalty. Um, For me, people who are interesting. What makes me very attracted to my friends is that they're interesting. What makes me want to see someone again what makes me want to text or pick up the phone and make plans is someone that I find interesting or I love our conversation, you know, but it's different because, you know, I have, we have different friends for different reasons. You know, I mean, all of my friends of course are interesting. They have different personalities. Yeah. Um, some are maybe more, more interesting than others. Maybe just because some are have very interesting jobs that I personally am interested in. I want to hear about travel and work and this business trip, funny stories that go on on business trips. That's very 
interesting to me. So I love stories. I love, we all love to hear story, don't we? So, you know, I think that I find that I'm attracted to those who are interesting. Um, but like I said, people are interesting in different ways. Yeah. Um, I think people who are generally positive, but also think what I'm attracted to is realness, you know, so being positive, but not, not toxic positivity where it's like, it's all great. It's all good. Like that is, I can see right through that as I think most of us do. And I think that's kind of bullshit and that bugs me. And that, that would be the, the opposite. So someone who's a positive person but at the same time very real and talk can talk about the real stuff that's going on in their lives yeah so i guess it's like showing vulnerability and and that's authenticity and it's very relatable because oftentimes what happens is when one person especially in a group of women that i'm close to one woman starts to talk about something that's happening in their lives nobody sits in judgment everybody's nodding going yep been there too yep mm. yeah I, and thank you for sharing that and i I'm dealing with something that's similar. Yeah. So I think that, you know, you know, vulnerability is important to me. Authenticity. If you're not going to show a little bit of, I'd say, so to speak, your underbelly or show any vulnerability, eh, that's not, it's not going to be a friendship. I think for me, that's going to maybe last. That might be, you know, the fringe friendship. You know, so in all the readings that I've done about friendship, and it's interesting because it really validated a lot of the work that I do with my clients. I always talk about, and I've talked about it on the podcast here many times, if you're on the stage of your life and you get to decide who who's in your front row and you get to decide who's in the middle of the theater and who's in the back, who's in the lobby, who would you put out in the street, right? All the people in your life. So it's the same thing. So what I read, they when they talked about friends, they talked about you know, who are your top three to five friends? And then you have layers of like, uh, of friendships. And this one article talked about fringe friendships or just people who are on the fringe. And so that person who maybe I liked her and she was in, maybe she was interesting, but you could see that she, you know, really, you know, she kept a lot to herself. That's fine. That's just more how that person is. They may not, and I'm really generalizing here, they may not be somebody that I'd be the first to text and say, hey, you want to go get a glass of wine with me on Friday night, meet you at this restaurant. I may not be doing it because it's like that person's not going to make herself. And I did, I did have a friend like this, a colleague that I liked very much. But whenever we went out, I always felt like I came up short because hmm. she always she was great at listening to me and talk about all that's going on in my life. She's a great listener and a great person who asked questions, which is nice because a lot of people talk a lot about themselves and don't are not quiet enough to let somebody else talk. Yeah. Like I say there's a reason why God gave you two ears and one mouth, <laughs> you know? So I know quite a few people like that. She wasn't like that though. She was very much. Tell me about you. Tell me about everybody in your family. How's everybody doing? But she'd never share about herself. And I would, you know, I knew her pretty well. So I would, you know, when you had cancer, she knew all about your cancer and I was vulnerable. And I, I, you know, shed a tear about that. And I knew nothing about her life. And I've known her for, for a couple of decades. And I just, I've known her. And we've since probably 10 years now, I don't see her very much. And now I haven't seen her since actually before COVID. And I gently backed away from her because I thought I'm no longer available for this because she will not talk about her, her life. Like I knew that she went through a divorce. I knew, and she was just very blase about it. I'm like, all right, that's fine. You're just blase about it. But I could never like 
I could never connect with her deeply. Like I could never really connect with her. Yeah. It was weird, you know? And well, it's like, she sounds like she like set up a kind of a limit for you, you know, like how yeah, much she was going to show you or give you, you know? I think that's how she rolls. Yeah. And I think that's how she rolls in life because of the very little I know about the, I, I pick, and maybe it's just the micro expressions that I pick up on the, the eye rolls about, that person's family of origin, where she comes from, what she dealt with when she was younger. And I think there's a huge defendedness inside that person. And maybe there's maybe one or two people in her life that she's talking to, she's going to share with, but she's not going to let you in. I do think that there's some stuff there that goes way, way back. But at the same time, I understand that. But at the same time, when I'm thinking about, you know, going out to dinner with someone on a Thursday night, she's not probably going to be, and she's not now the first three to five people who are in my inner circle that I'm reaching out to. Right. More of a, fr- a fringe friend. Yeah. And so what was interesting in um, doing this work is that, you know, what we've realized is that we only have enough time and energy for three to five good friends. So it's true, right? We only have enough time and energy. We're all so busy for three to five good friends. There's actually a, a woman that I follow on TikTok and I follow her cause she's a traveler and I love the travel TikTokers. Uh, she travels and now she lives in Europe and I'm just interested in her, her story about living in cities throughout the U S and now living in London. And she talked about friendships and she talked about friendships as like pieces of a pie and everybody fits. Everybody is a different piece of the pie and that friends serve different purposes for you in your life. So that's another way of talking about like who gets to be in your front row if you're on the stage, which is what I use. But she used the pie analogy of you've got the friend that you're, that's always loves oysters and always wants to go have oysters with you and and champagne. You have the friend who's spontaneous and always up for a good time. You have the friend who is never going to go to a bar because they don't, that's not their jam, but they're always will come over in their jammies and they'll watch a movie with you. You've got the friend who will always travel with you that you make plans with, you make these big trips with. So you have friends who fit into different slots and needs in your life. So I thought, Oh, that's an interesting way to think about it too. That, you know, friends for a reason, friends for a season, that's the friends for a reason. Yeah. Um, Hmm. interesting. Yeah. So what about, so what about you, Tim? What about guys? I mean, what are your thoughts about your friendships and men? Well, I mean, I can speak to, let's, you know, I can give you my top. What's important to me? Um, I mean, similar to what you said, I mean, definitely loyalties up there. Um, you know, I, I, I like people that are easy in terms of, you know, they're easy to do nothing with or do everything with, you know what I mean? And, and they don't care. You know what I mean? You want to go shoot pool? Fine. You want to go out, get a drink? Fine. You want to sit and watch a football game? Fine. You want to go sit, you know, build a fire in the backyard and go sit outside? Sure. Let's go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Somebody that's like that, because that's how I am. So I'll do anything you want. And, you know, if somebody's like that, I, I gravitate towards that person, you know? Do you know, but, but, and I mm. don't see you doing it. I don't. And don't. it's interesting because I don't, and you're not alone. I, I don't, I see, all of these, you know, men that I know, husbands that we know, and I don't think any of you guys, we know you don't text and none of you guys make an effort other than Joe really make an effort. And I know that you would all love it if he, if someone would just do it, 
you know, want to come over and watch football. If somebody invited you over to watch football with like two or three other guys, you would be all about it. Yeah, true. And, and no one does the invite. And so I don't know what that's about. That That's like another. That's a dude thing, I think. Tangent. Yeah, but yeah. there's a loneliness, I think, in men. Yeah. There's a loneliness. I mean, I think that you get your fair share of being around guys with your triathlon group and, and you see guy, the guys there and, you know, there's women there too, but I think you might get a little filled up with the, the male triathletes. But I do think that, you know, let's say if you were alone, if you were a single person working, let's say you were a divorce guy or you were a widow, I don't know, something, I don't know, you were just single right now and the kids are all gone and have left the home, you'd be lonely, right? Well, yeah, and I also think my situation would dictate that I would do the things that you're saying. You know what I mean? I would I would seek out. Would you? Would uh, you really do it, though? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think from a, from a guy's perspective, it's like we kind of understand. And these are all the unspokens that, you know, nobody ever talks about this stuff out loud, and probably no one even ever thinks of it. But, like, we all understand that, our spouse is, is the one who controls the social calendar and is the one that's going to schedule the next whatever it is. Mostly it's the women it's in, a, always, in a heterosexual couple yeah, relationship. It's, it's always yeah, that way. Yeah, and, 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 and with gay couples, there, there usually is one yeah. who is the same, is a more social person who makes all the connections. Yeah. And all cu- couples, right, yeah, yeah. is usually the one that does it more than the other. Yeah, and I think as a guy... I think we're good with that. You know what I mean? I think because we, I mean, I'll speak for me. So I enjoy being with you. So if I have an opportunity to be with you after our busy work days or have gone, you know what I mean? And we get to the evening and it's like, oh my goodness. Okay. Do you want to get a shower, get dressed up and go over to so-and-so's house? And it's a whole thing. Or would I rather just hang out with you here in sweats and, and, and you know what I mean? And right. just do nothing. I, I'm going to pick this every time, <laughs> you know? Are you really? I will. Are you really? Yeah, wow. absolutely. I, aside from our really good friends who like, that's also the jam is that they want to just hang out in sweats and watch TV and just, you know, have a glass of wine and do some appetizers. I'm good with that too. But like, if it's like a whole thing, it's like a whole production I'd be like, you know what? I'm out of the house like so much. I'd rather just be here hanging out with you for a while. Well, that's interesting. And I think that, but talking about mental health and wellness and men's mental health, I think that it is important for men to make an effort somehow to make more of an effort to have same sex friendships. Men maybe don't need it the way us women do, because I realize I need my friends. You know, there have been times in my life where I've, I've dropped off. I haven't been a great friend, you know, just because I have been crazy busy and you think I don't have time. I don't have time. And it was more in the earlier years of like all the five kids being little, you know, working full time, you know, going from my office to the hospital to gosh, like football practice pickup or whatever, having to make sure the forms get turned in for school. You name it, you know what I mean? And yeah. then trying to, trying to get dinner on the table. Those are crazy years. And, what I found was that when I let those friendships go, meaning I wasn't texting people and I wasn't reaching out to have people over, it started to affect my, my mental health and that I realized I need women. I need women in my life. And I think that us women are probably better at realizing that for ourselves, that we need our crew. I need my crew around me. So you feel... And what happened was I started to put on you everything that I was needing and it was not fair. 
you can't meet all of my needs. There are some needs that get met with friends. And I was putting it on you and I was becoming resentful of you. And then I realized, like I said, like, oh, wait a minute. So I remember that. And I remember thinking, Anna, you've got to make an effort. You've got to make an effort. Because what I did notice with myself, with my own behavior, I'll I'll own my own stuff. And what I've noticed with others in my life is that if you don't make an effort to be a friend, you're going to lose friends. You've got to make an effort to be a friend. And that might be, you know, initiating, you know, book club here or let's read a book, you know, getting book club back up and running. Let's just get together. Hey, does anybody, you know, usually it's coming over to each other's houses, especially, you know, well, during COVID in the beginning of, well, no, not in the beginning of COVID, it was total shutdown. But yeah, since like, I'd say May or June, we've gone back to that a little bit. Uh, and now it's like you making, you know, Hey, who wants to go have sushi? Anybody up for sushi on Thursday night, you know, and it's initiating and making an effort. I think just the, just the, me, the action of making an effort, even if people can't do it, it makes me feel good. Yeah. It makes me feel like I've taken the initiative, I've taken action, and I'm doing it versus saying, I think I should maybe do it and I don't do it. That does nothing for me. Yeah. And almost all, almost every time, at least one person's like, yeah, sure, I'll go. Somebody's always up for it. Yeah. So that's really important, you know, being a friend. If you want, you know, being a friend to others because, you know, and, and I think that what I hear from, you know, clients is that, well, I'm the one who always makes the effort. I'm always the initiator. She never initiates. They never initiate. And that might be that you're, you're a good initiator and that the other person is not maybe as good at that or isn't as comfortable. You know, maybe, you know, that that's important to note because I think that, you know, I have felt that way sometimes. I'm like, I'm always the one who's like organizing everybody getting together. But you know what? It's not that hard for me. Truth be told, it's pretty easy for me. I don't mind organizing, get together. Well, especially nowadays. You, everybody's a text away, you know? I don't, I don't mind doing it. Yeah. There have been times that I've noticed they never make any effort. But then I have to think to myself, well, what are their gifts? Their gifts may be that they're not as outgoing as you are and are going to be texting everybody. But what are their gifts? There's always something that they do. So when they do have people over, they have like amazing like food presentation, charcuterie boards and, you know, want, you know, you just they just do it an elaborate like food table. Like that's what they do. That's what they do very well. Or, you know, there's always something that somebody brings to the table. They may not be the initiator. So if they're not the initiator, that's okay. Try to think of what they do bring to the relationship. Maybe the one who's like, I'll drive. They'll always be the one who will drive. That's what they, that that's what they do. And you appreciate it, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I think that that's, I wanted to, to say that because I think that's important to think that and to know that friendships are different and our roles as friends are different. Uh, and I'm saying that because I know that I've felt that way before. Like, like I'm always initiating. And then, it, you know, I got to the point where I was that's like, right. yeah. I think so. Let me give you the guy's perspective of what you just were describing. So, I I don't think. I mean, we're get we're getting into the differences between males and females, which is always an interesting conversation. So, I I think that guys, I don't think they know what they're missing, right, or what they would be gaining by having quality time with just other guys. I don't think a guy thinks that far into it, right. Huh. Like, oh man, I could be doing this and how much fun would that be? And wow, if I do that, then I'm going to realize that I've been, I could have been doing this for the last 20 years. I just never realized it. 
You know what I mean? I, th- I don't think a guy thinks that, they, they just don't think that deeply about that kind of stuff. But I do think, though, if a guy were to experience, like if I were to experience that and it, it became like a pattern, like, a, you know, once a month or once every, whatever it was, I'd be like, wow, this is awesome. You know what I mean? You kind of get hooked to doing, you know, in the moment, you'd be getting hooked to doing something like that with your guy friends. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think part of it is like the guys, like we don't want to show, you know, we don't want anyone to feel like, oh, that guy's vulnerable or that guy, like he's admitting that he needs this or that. Like guys don't want to show that. But that's a problem. I know it's a problem. That's a problem in and of itself. I know it is, but like that's a fact, you know? So we need to change that. Yeah. You know, men's mental health, that has to change. Yeah. Because I think that, you know, what I had read when I was doing this work and Lewis House talks about this on his podcast. Uh, I think it was one. No, it was Lewis House was a guest on the Nike I listened to the Nike trained podcast and he was just on that one. He talked about this. You know, he has, if any of you know him, he's a, uh, a coach. He's got a very well-known podcast at the, uh, the school of greatness. And he talks about, he's been very open about his trauma history of being sexually molested as a child. Um, his brother being arrested when he was, I think a preteen and spent four years in jail for selling drugs to an undercover cop and how that affected his whole family and just his whole the trajectory his life took on after that and becoming an athlete, but, you know, really being this angry male who could, who felt so much shame for what the trauma that was um, done to him as a, as a child. And he talks about the importance of men talking that men don't talk. And, you know, he played handball. He was a professional athlete of some, not football, but something like football. I, I forget what it was. And he talks about men don't talk and that, you know, it's like, you know, like what you just said. And, and he said, if, if one person shows vulnerability, you'd be surprised that because he started doing this with men, one shows vulnerability. Most guys are not going to laugh at you. Most guys listen. And then what happens is it breaks down the walls so that others can start to share. And maybe it, maybe it's trauma, maybe it's not trauma, but it's, it's really, it's starting to show vulnerability and it's like one person has to start it. So that's another topic, I think, for another time. But and it's important that we men that you're I mention it about what you're saying because yeah. I think it is a problem. You know, there's such a loneliness is such a problem in North America. It was a problem before COVID hit, and now it's even worse. And we know that combating loneliness is taking care of our mental health. And so, you know, that there was um a study that was done that said that loneliness has the same effect on a person as smoking 15 cigarettes a day, the exact same be- uh, benefit detriment yeah. to who we are mentally, physically, wow, emotionally, spiritually as f- smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Can you imagine 15 cigarettes a day? No. So that's what loneliness does to us. Wow. And there was also research research done on the effects of social support with women with breast cancer, breast cancer patients, that those who had a strong social support fared better. So, you know, we're talking about the importance of connection and friendship and we're off a little bit with, with men, but still, I mean, we're talking about men and men's lack of friendships, lack of connection to one another. Yeah, yeah. 
It's interesting. I mean, I'm thinking like back like in college or like right after college. Like You I, had strong male friendships I, in college. Yeah, I had a solid group. And, and I was the one, at the beginning, I was always the one that was organizing everything. And then after a little bit of time, you know, several years into it, th- there were, you know, one or two others that would jump in and say, all right, you know, I'm going to organize this get together, whatever this might be. And it's going to be, you know, at this location or whatever it right. was. But at the beginning, it was all me. And I think after a while, I got burnt out. Because at some point I was like, my gosh, like, I, I don't see. Well, that's what I was just talking about. Yeah. Like, I don't, if I don't see anybody, because, you know, there's no get togethers, it's like because I'm not organizing it. But I'm like, I'm not, I don't feel like I need to organize it like every single time. You know what I mean? I remember you saying that. Yeah. But what happened? So I remember you saying, I'm sick of being the one who organizes and I don't organize and we don't get together. But what happened was nobody did pick it up. Yeah. Nobody took the initiative and you stopped seeing that. And that was it. That was yeah. it. So there you go. That's to my point, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So how do friendships fade? I think that that's important. So, you know, friendships do come and some friendships do go. So how do you, you know, what are some signs that a friendship is fading and, and that, you know, the person's moving out of your life? Uh, I think that one way it, for you to know that a friendship is fading is when you're not that interested and you don't care enough about getting their life updates. So that's a telltale sign that that person is going to the outer rim, you know, the fringe of your friendship circle that you you don't, you're just not that interested in their life updates. So, you know, you don't text them, you don't call them, you don't connect. What also happens as the years go by, and this has been true for both of us with friends in our lives and for many of you listeners, I'm sure, is you find that you don't have any common interests anymore. Maybe they were a really good friend because they were a coworker. And you were, you, you were like partners in crime at work. They were your, you know, your comrade. They were your, your buddy that always sat to your right at the staff meetings. And they were the person you gossiped about everybody else with, you know, you went out to lunch with, and then you, you kept a friendship for a little bit after you left that job and you'd see each other once a month. And then what happens is once every three months, then it falls off. Well, what, what, okay. So it's years later, you don't have any common interests. Right. You no longer work with them anymore. How many people has that happened to? You know, or or a big one I hear about all the time um, in talking with women about loneliness, women whose kids have left home. So they're off to college and all the women that they were friends with through their children's elementary, middle school and high school years, where are they now? Those ones fall off. And what you were, your common interest was your boys. They played volleyball together for, you know, all through middle school and high school, or you you saw them at all the wrestling matches, or you saw them at cheerleading all the time and you carpooled together and you went out for pizza together as a team. And you got to know those other parents very well. That ends. And then what are you left with? And what often happens, not always, but what often happens is you don't see those other women anymore. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole episode by itself. That's a big one. Because if you big think one. about it, how many, uh, all of our kids played sports or participated in some extracurricular always, right? Right. But every season had an ending point. And there was always that last game or that last pizza party or that last whatever, that last get together. And it's exactly like you just said. You get in your car and probably... You don't see any of those parents again. Overnight, it's gone. And for those who 
their, their last child or their only child that's gone off to college, not only do many women go through empty nest syndrome, and empty nest syndrome is literally there's nobody home here. I'm not like, did you take your lunch? Do you got all your stuff? You're not going to Friday night football games. It's all ended. What also falls off is the friends. The women you'd sit next to in the bleachers for Friday night football, like yep. for us, you yep. know, or, or people you'd see, you know, when we had to do bake sales and help with raising money for the debate team. It's all done. You're not doing it anymore. I'm, we don't even drive to the high school anymore. Yeah. And you don't see those women. You don't see those men. No. Those same dads in the bleachers. Year you know, after year after year. Year after year after year. But and the finality a, of it. Think about how it's over. fast. It's like a light switch. It was yes. like flipped and you're, that's it. Done. And this is another topic, but that's why I tell, you know, my clients all the time when their kids are in high school, get ready that when the last ones are going to leave, you've got to get ready. You've got to find another purpose you've got to pivot and move in another direction because it's going to hit you in the face and you're not going to know what hit you yeah because so much changes i've also seen a lot of people who've done very well and have thrived who've gone back to work who opened a new business and some people do and have maintained those friendships from when their kids are in high school but i do find that you've really got to make an effort and the people on the receiving end have to re- they have to receive your invitation and they have to want to make an effort that's what i've noticed as i've had moms say to me yeah i've reached out to all of them but they're not interested so what can you do about that you you got to make an effort to get yourself some new friends yeah yeah and, and and that can take some work it's it's a it's a hard time that's a hard transition time i mean that that could be a huge important moment or or important time where it's like that's where guys could like get into being with other dudes right that would be the time to do it right then and there yeah you're perfect you're right time filler right there so you know and what i also want to say too when i was talking before about being the one to take the initiative and look at the people who maybe they don't have the gift of maybe they're not real extroverted and they don't have the gift of of taking the initiative Pay attention to those who say, like, if you were a dad and you were going to reach out to the other dads, pay attention to those who say yes. That's where I think you want to deposit your attention. Those who say yes. Those who say, yes, I'll come. Yes, I'll go. What I found is over the years, the people that I faded out from were the people who always said no. They just, they would flake. You know, they'd always flake. And then I started to know they were going to flake on me. Mm. And what happens is after a while, and this happens, and this happened to me years ago. I was the, I was the person who flaked and I was too tired and I just want to stay in tonight. I just want to like, I'm just so freaking tired. I've got laundry to do. I just got to wake up early tomorrow morning and I kind of want to go. But now that it's six o'clock, I kind of don't. I want to put on my sweats and drink a glass of wine, have dinner and go to bed. Well, and when I have made the effort in those times when I didn't air quote feel like it, I never drove home and said, wow, I wish I hadn't done that. I always am happy I did it. But there's a moment when you're like, ugh, the fork in the road. I kind of want to stay home. So I do think it's important to pay attention to those who say yes. They're the people who you will probably build a stronger friendship with and pour into them, you know, really pour into them. I think that that's important because, um, you know, there there will be people who will flake and, and don't, you know, stop reaching out to them. Continue to, to reach out to them. But after a while, you have to decide on your own when when you, you know, limit that connectedness to them and really get into those who are like, sure, I'll make sure I'll come. What can I bring? Yeah. Yeah. And those tend to be like the 
the ones you get really, really close to, you know, because the consistency again and yes. again and again, right? It's, right. It's that consistency yeah. again, as in all things in life, it's consistency. Okay. So how do you end friendships? How do you end friendships that are just no longer working? You know, do you, mm. what would you do? Let's say you have a friendship with somebody. It's a toxic one. It's gotten toxic. It's not, it's just not good. Maybe the person's going through something, but every time you're around him or her, you're like, geez, I'm not, you know, <sighs> this is like sucking the energy out of me. And this person's always in a bad mood or this person is dating someone who I can't stand or married to somebody who this marriage is not good. And I'm listening to them talk about it all the time. And yeah, geez, like I, I oh, it's not good for me to listen to this. You know, I'm not a therapist. I'm just I'm a friend and I can't keep listening to this. How do you or, or think about for the listener, think about the person in your life where it's become toxic. So how do you or not serving you where it really isn't serving you anymore? Yeah. You know, friendship is a give and take and you're like, geez, all I'm doing is is giving and that person's just taking. How do you back out of those friendships? Well, I, I feel like you're asking me to answer the question. So I, I have to come am. up to something. Um, no, I think I think what I would do and I think we've think we've done this i mean i i think you just you you become you become busy right like when when those requests come in for you to get together with that person or that couple you're just always busy there there's you know and and you're creating reasons why you can't do this or that or meet somebody or get together right you just so you okay so you think if i just make excuses for why I can't get together with them, that at some point they'll pick up on that and they'll just stop reaching out? I think so. I think so. I mean, and that's probably just my personality because doing that versus having, I mean, I don't know how, even how, know how that conversation would go. If you know what I mean? Right. And I think that you are probably 80% of the population yeah. to do it that way. You know, what has been recommended and I think that this is a hard one and it's one that I challenge everybody who's listening to do if they're in this situation, don't ghost the person. Don't, we had a, we did an episode on this last year right. about ghosting. That, that was in my head right now. Yeah. Don't ghost, <laughs> don't ghost them. It's painful to yeah. be ghosted. Yeah. It's, I think it's kind of mean. Don't ghost somebody. Don't just abandon them, abandon their relationship without any explanation. I think it's, I do think it's mean. And, you know, I, I understand if it's very, very hard for you, I would send them a text. I would send them an email. I would communicate in some way, but not radio silence. Yeah. It's painful to be on the receiving end of that. So what I would say is, I mean, ideally, what you'd want to say is, you know, you will not be hearing from me. I will not be reaching out to you anymore. And this is why. Yeah. That's ideal. And I understand that most people are thinking, oh my gosh, like, ooh, that would be hard to do. But that is ideal because what that does is it, it's really kind of a, a power move and it puts you into a position of leadership. It shows that you're a leader and it shows that you have because there's integrity in that. So it's saying you won't be hearing from me or we, we, I'm not going to be reaching out to you to get together and here's why this relationship, I feel that it's toxic for both of us. It's very difficult for me to talk about uh, let's say this horrible marriage that you're in. I know that you're miserable. I don't, it's, it's no longer serving. It's, it's, you could find a way you could find the words to say that 
when we go, to, when we have gone out, it has not been helpful at yeah. all. Yeah. When I leave dinner with you, I come home exhausted and I, I can't have that in my life anymore. So I'm taking care of me. You take care of you and you've given them an explanation. Right. So right. don't ghost somebody. Yeah. You know, but, but I think we all have had relationships and most, well, I do think what everybody who's listening has had or been in a relationship where they've been, we've left and they've driven home and like, God, that sucked. Like, I hate that. Or the, the group is toxic and all anybody, everybody does is got, especially women, like all anybody did was gossip. There was like passive aggressive communication going on. There was like backbiting. You could tell there was like this weird energy between those two. I've been in these, you know, there's that energy and there's always a competition to like who looks better. You know, you could, you could feel like the nonverbal communications. Everyone's checking everybody out. Who's better looking, who's got a better body, who's doing what, who's got what house and that vacation. I don't have that anymore, but that was definitely something that I was around probably 20 years ago and probably my early thirties. I was, I saw that that's toxic. And so I left a group, but that wasn't something where I needed, I wasn't ghosting a one person. I just decided not to come to the group and I don't think they cared. Right. So that was a way I got out of that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm thinking right now, so I, I can give you, and I won't get into the, the whole thing, but it's exactly what you just said. That there was a person that I knew that the the benefit of having that relationship was had gone away, and this person still wanted to have a relationship with me, mm-hmm. and I did have to have that diff- very difficult conversation. And who, I want to know who this is. We won't go <laughs> into the details of it, but Do so I like, know who this is. Yeah, so that conversation happened. Is that the person from college? Yeah. yeah. And then oh, yeah. there was there was some follow up from this person as well. And I think then I, I went towards what I was describing earlier where I was just I was, you know, I, I was not available to do whatever it was that this person was still trying to arrange to do. And I think over time, the requests got spread out farther and farther for me to participate in whatever it was and and to the point where those requests finally just didn't happen anymore. So you never directly communicated with him that you did not want to be his friend. I did. Yes. At the beginning. But that, I don't think that that was enough for this person to to say, all right, I'm going to slam that door shut. I'm going to still kind of work you a little bit more and we're going to see if we can figure this out. So he was really making an effort with you and you were the one who decided that this relationship no longer serves me. Yes, I do remember this very well because I remember we were driving, uh, we were skiing and we were driving from, I think, Breckenridge to Denver. I remember this conversation very well now. And I said to you, why do you, why are you doing this? Why are you blowing this person off? He keeps, I do remember this a few years ago. Yeah. I said, uh, I was really kind of calling you out on this. You know, why are you doing this? And he wants to be your friend. He keeps reaching out. And you said, I think what came, what I remember you sort of saying was that you were still so very hurt. You couldn't get past the hurt. You couldn't get past what he had done to you years prior and that you had, I think you had forgiven him, but, or, you know, I don't know, maybe you had healed or I don't know. Like that's that I did a post on this on Instagram that you don't have to forgive to heal. 
And I, because everybody thinks that in order, well, everybody, a lot of people say in order to heal, you have to forgive the person. I don't think that that's true. I don't think they always fall right in line with each other. Yeah. And you're reminding me of it right now that I don't know if you had forgiven him. And I think you had healed. I think it bothered me more than it bothered you because you seemed to be good with it, but it, it drove me crazy. And I was, because I remember this now and yeah. saying to you, yeah. why don't you reach back out to him? You said, I don't want to. Yeah. I'm done with that friendship. It, it was a friendship from college. is a friendship for years after college. This is what it was. I think that he so deeply hurt you. I think that you were able to heal. I don't know if you had forgiven him. I don't know. I can't speak for you, but I do remember that. And I, and I think you were really good with it. Yeah, you I mean, come to a place of peace. I like did come to a place. Yeah, I just, it took a long, long time. I mean, I did forgive him. I think that the pain, the lingering pain that was still there, was was enough that if I had allowed myself to go there again, I, I think those memories would have come back. To, and it's selfish. I, really? They they would have come back to me, and I would have been like. Oh gosh, that's painful. You know what I mean? Thinking back on what happened, you know. So, so maybe you weren't completely healed. No, I understand that. I yeah. Understand that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, what I notice about you as a man is that so Tim has no brothers. You are one of two kids. You have a sister, but you have no brothers and you were, you know, you had one cousin that you grew up being close to. And then when you were in college, you had a whole group of guy guys that you were friends with and you were a group but I have four brothers and what I've noticed about you is that you really do. And you love being around guys. Like you love being around my brothers. You so enjoy and your brother, my brothers-in-law, your brothers-in-law, you so enjoy being around them. You, you just like, when we go to Maryland, DC, you know, wherever we go to Florida to visit family, it's like you're on your own with them. Like we, you and I are on vacation or on a family trip, but you're like off with the guys. You immediately get into them. Yeah. And I've noticed that since yeah. we've been married. And I think that what that tells me is that he really needs this. Like he just needs to be around guys. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good thing to, to think about because you know, the, you're right. The, those moments are fun. They're very special moments. And you know, why not try and create those moments more than just, once a year and i think you know, guys whatever. need guys yeah you can't you know it's it's one thing to be around me but you know that's why you love being around the boys your three sons i mean you love being around them and you all talk football you talk whatever you talk guy talk but yeah. i think that that must fill a need deep inside of you a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent so the importance of friendship you know i think that this is a topic we i could you know break this down and i could talk for an hour and, and talk about Toxic friendships, toxic relationships, what are those? We could talk for an hour about how to terminate a relationship. I and mean, we've just, these are just touch points. You know, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, and I want you, the listener, to think about what are the traits of a friendship that are important for you? You know, what if you could make a list of like your top 10 or even your top five, what would you say? You know, and, and so identify to three to five people in your life right now. Who are they? Who is, you know, who gets to be in your front row? Um, and what are the traits about them that you love? What keeps them, these three to five people, your closest, your, your besties? You know, I, and really think about that. One thing I did want to add that I didn't say earlier, which I thought was so interesting, was uh, research 
tells us that every seven years, we, re- we replace half of our friendships, which I told you that earlier, which is interesting. So if you have five friends right now, so think about from, so this 2021. So 2014, who are your friends in 2014? Are they the same friends you have today or have some of them been replaced? Do you have new friends? And have the other people, the friends for a season, friends for a reason? Were those some of them friends for a season and they faded out? Maybe it is that your kids went off to college. Maybe it is that you moved. You know, there could be all kinds of reasons. You live in another part of the country now. But think about that. So you brought that up earlier and I was like, there's no way. But now after sitting here for an hour, that's spot on. I still have my, well, I thought about that too. I mean, I still have my three to five good friends. Yeah. They come in and go out though. Yeah. They do come in and go out. They're not people I see every week, but I don't think any of us sees each other every week, which is with life. But, um, and I, and I, and we don't have time to get into this because COVID's changed things too. Right. COVID has really changed friendships. And that is something that I talk with my clients about. That's a whole other conversation. You know what else would be an interesting conversation? Mm -hmm. Technology. How has technology changed friendships over time? It sure has. Yeah. So anyways, but, but think about that. Think back seven years ago, 2014, who were your really good friends then? Are they, you're still, your really good friends now. And if they are great, why is that? And if not, that's fine too. And why is that? And, you know, make that effort. If you want to, to have good friends, you got to be a good friend. I like that. Okay. So we'll end on that note. That was a nice chat. Yeah. Chat about friendship. Chat it up. All right. All right. Mad love, everyone. Have a great night. Thank you. Be well.